in progress. It is Christmas. Now, no one can see, obviously, but I've got my Santa hat. Sarah's got quite an erect Santa hat. (laughs) Mine's quite floppy. And you've also got some quite snazzy Christmas tree glasses as They're well. They're very so you, Pollard, aren't they? They are. You you trumped Hi-dee me. Hi hi. Ho ho. Or ho ho ho. Yes, it mine seems to be very uh, stand up. It looks like a wizard hat. I think it, it looks like me. nothing's blowing that hat a kilter. Yeah, yours is is nicely quaffed to one it side. It is quaffed, absolutely. It's quite comfy. This one. Sometimes they're really quite itchy. It looks. It looks, it looks nice. So, Christmas edition. Tomorrow is Christmas Day. It is. Absolutely. Wowzers. And uh, you've only just got back from seeing Wonka, haven't you? I have. I have. And it was fresh in the memory. Fresh is fresh in the memory. Actually, I shouldn't give too much away. No, that's our one big review. So let's let's hold off on that, folks. And I've prepared my Christmas quiz questions. With how I, many questions? I have five, but I've got two backups. Oh, blimey. Okay. Well, I'm imagining, unless your uh, questions are, are particularly obscure, that there might be some crossover. But who knows? Maybe. Let's, who knows? Let's see. We're taking it in turns, are we? Or are we going to rattle them all out in one Ooh, go? Should we? Should we take it in turns? I'll keep score. Okay. Let's do that. Right. I'll ask the first question. Go on, okay. then. Here we go. I'm going to be terrible at this. I know I'm going to be absolutely awful. Before we start, any bells? I have got any bells. So you know what? I was holding my bells. Oh my god! What am I talking about? I mean, when I say I was holding my bells, when we on the last, (laughs) it's not. It's not. Sorry to be. I know it's not. I don't know why I said that. But on the last podcast we did, Mm. I was jingling my bells. Right by, yeah. right by the microphone. Like seriously, right by it. Yeah, and you couldn't hear it, and I can. No, it. and on playback, I couldn't really hear it either. So no. it, must, it must be one of those microphones that really does just. But you can know. you hear this? Can you hear this? No, nothing. And I can see, and I can see that you're jingling your cubes. <laughs> right, okay. you can jingle your bells, and I'll jingle your cubes. Rattle right, my okay. cubes. Okay. <laughs> I think we should get on with the quiz. It's getting, it's getting hot. I'm feeling I've got a, a mojito, bit... did you know? Do you know what I've got? Mojito. I've got my mulled wine. Ah, very I good. Know. Very good. It really does a feel boozy, A boozy podcast Here coming we go. up. Right, okay. Okay, <laughs> question on, number one. Yep. In Elf, what is the name of the elf who travels to New York to find his biological father? Basically, what is it's the name? Elf. What is <laughs> what is the name of of Elf? Of Will Ferrell's Elf character. Oh, he's not Elf. He's got a name. Has he? Oh, I always gonna... thought it was just Elf. Oh, you're gonna uh, you'll, you'll kick yourself because you know this. Is his? Oh, I don't know. Jeremy. <laughs> it's Buddy. Buddy, yes, I did know that. Uh, I did know that. Oh, oh gosh, gosh! I told you I'm gonna be terrible at this. Okay, come on then. Right. I'm, I'm ready. In a Muppets Christmas Carol, which two Muppets play the Marley Brothers? Oh, do you know, it's terrible, but I'm not sure if I've actually properly watched the Christmas Muppets. The Muppets Christmas Carol, sorry. Yeah. But I'm going to guess, is it, um, what are they names? Waldorf and, oh, and Stadler or something? Stadler, yeah, I'll give you that. Do I get that? Yeah. Yes. 
Okay. All right. Question number two. What is the name? And I will take first name or last name. What is the name of the terrorist leader in Die Hard? Something like Klaus, but it's um, Rick. Not the actor, the, the, oh. the, char- the character name. I want to say Klaus. Um, Karl Klausmann. I don't know. You were kind of close with Klaus. It's Hans. Hans. Oh, that's right. Hans. Gosh, I'm going to be terrible at these. I need to go and watch my uh, These as Christmas movies because I haven't okay. watched them yet. Okay. Come on then. One nil still. Christmas with the Cranks is based on a oh. 2001 novel. By what best-selling author? Okay, I, I'm in I'm in trouble here because I don't know that film at all. Do you know what? I haven't even heard of that film. So, author, best-selling author, I don't know. Um, what's his name? David Walliams. No, John Grisham. Ah, oh. yeah, he could have got it actually on a best-selling author. I know, I could have gone very much a surprise. But I would have said John uh, Grisham would be more kind of like. Actiony, yeah, thriller. not Christmas yeah, movie. No, I know. Okay, I'm surprised. Right, I've got nothing, and you've got two. I've got, you? No, I've, I've got only one. got. I've only got one. Okay. Okay. Question three for you: Which actor plays the lead role of George Bailey in *It's mm-hmm. a Wonderful Life*? <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why are you laughing? I remember what his name is. Oh. Um, he was also in Vertigo that we reviewed as well. I have got... Do you know what? I've had a hard week. <laughs> My brain is fried. Um, um, give me a couple of options. Okay. Is it James Kahn or James Stewart? James Stewart. Okay, there we go. First one Thank on the you. board. First Thank one on you. the board. We're one all. Okay. All right. Um, your My turn. Go. Yeah. Yep. In America on 34th Street, what is the name of the gentleman who filled in for Santa on Thanksgiving Parade? What, the character name? Yeah. Oh, man, you, these are tough. You've got me. You've come straight back into this because um, I'm not good on that film either. I don't know. Uh, Charlie. Chris Kringle. Oh, man. Which has been used quite a lot, I think, Chris Kringle. Right. Okay. That's tough. Right. So we're one all. We've had three questions, so on to question number four. <laughs> this is getting close, the tension. In Love Actually, what airport is featured prominently in the movie? Uh, I want to say probably it's either Heathrow, Gatwick, Stansted or Luton. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with Gatwick. Is Heathrow? Oh, no. I thought it's. She's going to go Gatwick or Heathrow on that I one. I should have known that because they came from America, didn't they? Yes. So and most Gatwickers kind of, they get American flights. but Yeah, more European maybe. British, but, it'll be a know. British Airways flight, of course, wouldn't it? And uh, Most likely. Heathrow. There you go. All right. Okay, All right, come then. Question um, four Which me. of these is not a Christmas movie? Oh, is it, hang on. Is this based on our criteria that we set criteria celebrating christmas whether it's got christmas tree in it that kind of thing right is not a christmas movie is it toy story is it you've got mail iron man 3 or soul okay let's just think about this so you've got mail i don't know i mean look it's tom hanks and meg ryan so i'm guessing that's christmas just because that kind of film and then we've got what are the other options iron man 3 toy story and soul Iron Man 3, I'm just going to assume that. I reckon that was probably Christmas. I reckon it's Toy Story. Well, I remember seeing Soul, so 
<laughs> now I'm going to get this wrong. Having said that, I've seen it. I'm going to say Soul. You are correct. Oh, yeah. Boy Story is is has a celebration and a birthday, but it ends on a Christmas, where the Christmas presents have been unveiled. So, so yeah. So, right, yes. So uh, it's two points to me, one point to you, and we mm. both have one question left. Right. Okay, right. Question number five. In the movie The Holiday, how did Iris and Amanda, played by Kate Winslet and Cameron Diaz, first meet online on a some sort of exchange yes yes she's got it yeah it's through a home exchange website to all with one question to go do i go oh no she's gonna hard or easy she's gonna gonna be i i'll leave it to you i'll leave it to you if it's don't pick i think you're gonna get by either of these so i'll go for this one what is the name of the guardian angel who takes george bailey on his journey in it's a wonderful life oh god (laughs) i don't believe it i don't know if i don't know if if i'm gonna get this no i'm not gonna get it uh i i don't know I mean, I, I mean, it's going to annoy me because I, I think I even saw this question as a possibility for a Christmas quiz question as well. And I still didn't take it in. You thought that was too easy. <laughs> I, I was actually thinking of picking it, but I thought, I think that might be too hard. Oh, really? Okay. Well, it's, Clarence. it's Clarence. It's oh. Clarence. There you go. Crikey, to all. To all. There you go. Oh, that's nice. I think that's, <laughs> I think that's good. I think that's yeah. good. Now we're going to look at streaming Christmas movies, aren't we? We are. Now, I'll read out the list that between Mm -hmm. us we've covered. So on Netflix, we had Best Christmas Ever. And we also had on Netflix Family Switch. On Disney Plus, we had The Naughty Nine. And then on Amazon Prime Video, we had Candy Cane Lane. And on Sky, we had Genie. I've never watched so many Christmas films in one week. (laughs) It's unbelievable. Okay. I'm in a Christmassy mood now. That's why I'm all dressed up. Okay. Let's start with best Christmas ever. So okay. best Christmas ever. Here we go. So we've got Heather Graham and singer-actress Brandy Norwood join forces in this Christmas comedy, portraying lifelong adversaries forced to spend the holiday season together each year. Jackie sends out a Christmas newsletter showcasing her seemingly flawless family life, which irks her old university pal, Charlotte, played by Graham. Charlotte is sceptical that anyone's life could be so perfect. However, a twist of fate brings Charlotte to Jackie's doorstep just before Christmas, leading her to make a determination to uncover the truth. Come on then, you tell me what you thought of this one. So this is probably the, the cheesiest movie out of the, a lot of them, I have to say. It's on Netflix, as you mentioned. I don't know about you, but I have you ever sent a family update to your friends and family? We have. We do do that. Not every year, but we receive them from friends. And when we usually you hear some hard times and then you hear the good times and what's happened over the years. But these were all like, I think, Heather Graham's character charlotte found them very boastful and she just didn't believe her friend or her husband's ex-girlfriend called jackie could have such a wonderful life she basically says to her son on as they're about to go and visit her sister wouldn't it be funny if we just turned up at aunt jackie i think they called it or jackie's house instead and of course they end up at jackie's house and she does have a wonderful life but there are some nuggets in there where obviously it's it's moving it's sad 
I found Brandy is in it. She used to be back in the 90s, I think it was, or noughties. She was a singer. Uh, she was singing away in this film as well. Her voice is very softly spoken, isn't it? And it annoyed, just slightly annoyed me a little bit. So sorry, Brandy. But it just found, I found it a bit odd. Anyway, she's very softly spoken and it just annoyed me. And generally, it was funny in places, but yeah, didn't 100% tick the box. What are you going to give it? Uh, out of, five yeah. out of ten. Go on, then what are you going to give it? Five out of ten. <laughs> um, I was annoyed most of the way through it, to be quite honest. We've got Jason Biggs in this, who plays Charlotte's husband. And I just felt there was absolutely no chemistry at all between Heather Graham and Jason Biggs as husband and wife. I just didn't think they really played off each other very well to the point where I almost felt at times there were these, not silences, but it's almost as if, I don't know, I just didn't think those two gelled at all as an on-screen couple. And I was pretty bored. Maybe the best bits or the most amusing bits were Jackie's husband, Valentino. Yeah, kind yeah. of like, you know, wellness. Hunk hunk those kind of scenes with charlotte and maybe the stuff with charlotte and jackie they you know obviously they overcome their differences and they open up to each other and charlotte realizes that jackie's actually harboring lots of sad things that never go into it never go into that letter yeah and they end up in a balloon flying over a christmas play show that husbands um and it it is all kind of you know i suppose obviously happy ever after but no i was pretty let down by this one did you say five five out of ten for me yeah five it was watchable just it was a sunday morning kind of film (laughs) best christmas ever five out of ten should we move on to the other netflix movie which was family switch let me give you a bit of blurb on this one. In this heartwarming narrative, a rare cosmic event leads to Jennifer Garner and her spouse swapping bodies with their teenage offspring just days before Christmas. The unforeseen development compels the family to unite and support each other in conquering pivotal life milestones. From chasing a promotion to acing a college interview, sealing a record deal and excelling in a football tryout. I'll hand over to you straight away on this one. So it's a bit like Freaky Friday or 13 going on 30, which Jennifer Garner was in as well. And you're swapping parents with kids' bodies accidentally. Even there's a baby that swaps with a dog as well. Some some parts were funny. I have to say Emma Myers, she was the young girl in it, the daughter in it. You've seen her more recently in Wednesday. I thought she was quite good. Ed Helms, who's a comedian that's in this film as well. You may recognise from Hangover as well. And yeah, it's all right. It's watchable. And Jennifer Gartner is just doing her Jennifer Gartner thing, really, in these comedy movies, which she seems to be doing a lot more of. Seems to be mum quite a lot at the moment. For me, I'm going to give it to... I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. Really? Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I quite liked it. All right. I, I mean, when it comes to husband and wife chemistry and laughs and things feeling a bit more natural, I think definitely Jennifer Garner and Ed Helms, they're way more watchable, aren't they? Because they're both, I mean, Ed Helms especially, but they're funny people. They're easy to watch and you buy into the family. But it, like you say, it's, we've seen the switch thing before and I think we've seen the switch thing done way better. I suppose it's so hard, isn't it, to try and find something unique about a Christmas movie. Everyone's trying to find an angle, even if it's been done before. I thought this was better than Best Christmas Ever. I'm going to go six and a half for this one. 
okay. six and a half. Uh, but, you know, for a streaming Christmas movie, yeah. that's all right. Cool. All right. Shall um, we flick over to Disney Plus? Yes. The Naughty Nine. Now, I'll read this one out, what I've got here, but I'm passing over to you because I haven't seen Naughty Nine. Fifth grader Andy has had his share of mischief this year when he ends up on Santa's naughty list on Christmas morning. He assembles a crew of fellow naughty listers for a daring North Pole heist to claim the presents they feel they deserve. Along the way, they discover that the true meaning of Christmas is about giving rather than taking, leading them to make amends with Santa and do the right thing. So this is all yours, all yours, Sarah. So we watched this as a family. This is the one that the kids chose, which was nice. And I like the storyline, actually. Uh, the acting was a little bit cheesy, but it's Disney, isn't it? Basically, it's children that have been naughty over the year, realise that they, they're not going to get their Christmas presents. So they go to the North Pole to try and steal their Christmas present, making them even more naughtier, to be honest. And they rope in different kids with different skills, whether one's a gymnast, one's a, a getaway car driver. And there's lots of different skills that they have and that they seem to get away with murder, basically, these these kids. So all nine of them, including I think one of them is an adult, which is, which is a, a pilot who was naughty in his back in his day. They all go to the North Pole and they find their presence. And they have a surprise Santa in this film that you may have seen from uh, probably from the Lethal Weapon series. So I'll leave it as that. I'm going to give it a six and a half out of ten. It was a fairly good watch. The kids liked it. OK, so the moment family switch with your seven out of ten is leading the way. Yeah. Mm hmm. Right, shall we move on to Genie? This is well, Sky's Christmas movie, isn't it, really? And it is basically the Genie story, but just placed in a Christmas setting. So it's a fairy tale comedy about a workaholic man who enlists the help of a magical genie to help win his family back before Christmas. We have Melissa McCarthy as the genie. We have Papa Esudu, who plays Bernard. We have Danae Benton, who plays his wife, Julie. Jordan McIntosh, who plays the daughter, Eve. So, yeah, Bernard, he's basically a workaholic and not giving any time to his family. So Julie moves out and Bernard loses his job as Bernard tries to sort himself out and try and win her back a genie appears in one of the antiquities he has a genie appears who is melissa mccarthy and yeah we kind of go from there so what do you think sarah it's funny in places i love the fact that flora the genie is obsessed with tom cruise i was hoping that tom cruise would turn up in the film but i was disappointed he did not so if you're a tom cruise fan he does not show <laughs> up in this film and it's just funny antics is, you know, she has endless amount of wishes as a genie. And uh, there's some jokes around the fact that usually it's three. Bernard's just trying to win his, his, his wife and, and daughter back. And Flora tries to help him with that. I think it's very colourful. I'm going to give it a seven out of ten. Oh, OK. That's a good score. Um, I thought this was all right. I must admit, if you had told me that we have Melissa McCarthy playing a genie in a Christmas comedy, I was expecting expecting her to be way more just funnier and a bit more crazy and a bit more animated and I don't know whether it was playing opposite yes you do um, but I kind of felt there wasn't again quite the on-screen rapport between those two to really make it work but it's Melissa McCarthy so she will always have her moments and she obviously 
steals the show. I think you're right. The Tom Cruise thing is quite amusing. I found it odd, though, that I know it's part of the movie, but you can't just have as many wishes as you like. I mean, surely... You why not? Have, why, why not, Rob? Well, I why know, not? precisely. And that's obviously what they thought. Why not? Why not? And also, she said you can't teleport, right? You can't go no, You can't go back in time because if mm-hmm. you go back in time, obviously, messes everything up, messes history up. But at one point in this film, they teleport to somewhere just to yeah. basically get there really quickly. Now, yeah. isn't that technically messing around with time? Because let's say I'm here... And right. someone's over in Scotland. If, yes. If I, I, if I actually travelled normally, it would take me like five hours. If I clip my fingers and I'm there, that's kind of time travelling in a weird way, isn't it? Well, it's, I think they're thinking of travelling. Can you project me in yeah, 20 years' time or 20 years behind with Elvis, for example? Not yeah, I'm being, I'm, being a sti- I'm, I'm being a stickler. I'm picking holes in what should just be a really However, fun... Well, well. However, the, the nice thing about this yeah. is he never wished for a load and load of money. He was always generally just wanting his family back. And I think that has got a nice heart to it at Christmas time. So unrealistic. Wasn't, he he wasn't a, greedy. He made a big mistake there. If you've got as many wishes as you want, just make make one of them about money. <laughs> the rest of them can all be nice. Uh, I, I think go- we should write a Christmas movie about you at Christmas time. No, it'll be like the, it'll be like the Grinch Mark II. Okay. <laughs> So you, what did you give that one? What, the genie? Seven yeah. out of ten. Crumbs. Six and a half for me. I'm, I'm in that Christmassy mood. Yeah, I know, obviously. I know, I know. But I'm still giving it six and a half. So there we go. Uh, are you right. saving the best till last, are maybe, we? Maybe. We'll see. Uh, uh. Okay, so final movie is Candy Cane Lane. This is Amazon yep. Prime. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Eddie Murphy taking the lead as Chris, a man with a singular goal, winning his neighbourhood's coveted annual Christmas home decoration competition. However, things take a whimsical turn when Chris unintentionally strikes a deal with a cheeky elf named Pepper, portrayed by Gillian Bell. This pact results in a magical spell that literally breathes life into the classic 12 Days of Christmas song. Okay, so I like this one. Maybe because it it's got money involved. <laughs> Basically, he's entering a coin. He wants to, to enter win, the competition to win a hundred thousand pounds. Dollars, sorry, hundred thousand dollars. Maybe it might be that. Maybe <laughs> deep down, I don't even realise that's the reason why I like it. No, so the reason I like it is because it's the only film for me of all of them on streaming that felt like it just worked. Eddie Murphy, I, he didn't have to do much in this, to be honest. But when Eddie Murphy, he only has to like give a certain expression or laugh a little or crack a small little joke and it lifts everything. And I really like the way in Pepper's Christmas toy shop, you've got all those traditional Christmas toys yeah, and they like all, all, the, all the little figurines come to life in it. That's one yeah. of the big things. Yeah. And slowly, Eddie Murphy, then each of his family see that these toys actually come to life. They're funny characters and... I thought that was done really well. I thought that was actually quite charming for for like a mm-hmm. Christmas film, all that mm-hmm. stuff. And I liked, although it was a little bit tenuous, I thought the whole 12 Days of Christmas kind of worked just in terms of setting a plot. You know, a bit of action, a bit of comedy, a bit of heartfelt family Christmas stuff. And yeah, so this one has got my seal of approval mm. for Christmas. So I'm going to give this one... I'm going to be generous and give it seven and a half. But that, you know, hey, if you compare the kind of scores we give films we're reviewing, yep. seven and a half is a pretty good yeah. score. 
It reminded me of Jumanji a little bit because the animal, you know, yeah. the 12 days of Christmas kind of comes to life. And I love the the geese are laying and <laughs> targeting mm. people as they're going through it. But I got to like it much faster than any of the other films. Yeah. yeah. I was kind of wondering, where's it going to go? Yeah, I was the same. Um, whereas you knew that I think the storyline was fairly good, to be honest. And I love the fact that Eddie Murphy's character called Chris, and I love the fact that he named his children different names around, wrapped around Christmas. I'm not, not going to spoil it or, or anything. And his wife has got a Christmassy name as well, which I, you may have mentioned already, actually. But I just love the fact that it was all going horribly wrong at the start, thinks this money's going to change his life. And then he goes to Kringle's, this this lovely Christmas store, and then it kind of goes a bit pear-shaped after that. But Jumanji, all, all out, and also a little bit of National Lampoon with what they're trying to do to their houses to try and win that $100,000. I'm going to give it 7.5 out of 10 as well, making it our wow. favourite streaming film. Favourite Christmas streaming film. New film, New let's film. just say, because there's loads of other streaming films yeah. Um this Christmas time, and I, I suppose I did. I did also allow my my daughter to chip in on these because she saw okay. she saw about three or four of them, and Candy That's Cane good. Lane for her was was definitely her favourite. Was the best. Okay, so we're on to our Christmas movie review, the newbie Wonka. Wonka. So PG, directed by Paul King, and screenplay by uh, Simon Farnby with Paul King as well. And it's based on the characters created by Roald Dahl. And I forgot that. I always forget that. I don't know why I forget that. And I shouldn't forget that. And it's really a prequel to the 1971 Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory with Gene Wilder. Not the one with Johnny Depp in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, I would say. There's some songs that you would have heard in the Willy Wonka and the, and the Chocolate Factory from the 1971 version there. It stars lots of British actors and American ones as well. We've got Timothy Chalamet, who plays Willy Wonka. We've got Tom Davis as Bleacher. He was in Paddington 2 as well. And actually, just as a reminder, Paul King and, and Simon Farnby, they also directed the Paddington and Paddington 2 as well, to my understanding. We've also got Olivia Coleman as Mrs. Scrubbit. Color Lane, who plays Noodle, the little girl in it. And we've got, of course, Hugh Grant as Oompa Loompa, who is Paddington 2 as well. We've got Rowan Atkinson, Matt Lucas, Charlotte Ritchie, Bill Wang, Patterson Joseph, you may see Casualty and more recently from Vigil, and lots more other faces you'll recognise as well. So it's oodles of um, all-star cast. This is not, I'm going to say, this is not a Christmas movie, but it's nice and wintry, and it's got that kind of magical feel, which you... You know, there are some films like Soul and like some other films that I've shown at Christmas time because they're magical. And they're also big blockbuster movies as well. We follow Wonka in his early years where he dreams of opening a chocolate shop in the city. And I think I recognise that part of the city as well, that they, they were filming this piece. However, it's opposite three businessmen's shops, Slugworth, Prodhouse and Fickle Gruber, who pay people with chocolate and have a secret chocolate well or safe, let's call it, under the cathedral. Would you, is it the cathedral? I think so. Yeah. I don't know what the St Paul's, but it looks pretty similar. And they're not wanting Wonka basically to steal their thunder. They want this chocolate. Don't want his chocolate sold in the city. However, they do love the taste of his chocolate at the same time. And then they don't realise there's some magical powers behind each of the chocolate. Um, I loved the business handshake that it did, and I'm gonna. <laughs> 
let you into a bit of insight about my life with that. Handshakes, yes. Usually if you do a business handshake, if you hold them firmly, it's kind of like, yeah, that's done deal kind of scenario. I did that in an interview and I actually crushed <laughs> somebody's hand went crunch as I did it. Oh <laughs> it was just so embarrassing. God. Anyway, it reminded me of that in the film anyway. But the majority of this film made me smile throughout. I had, a, I think I was beaming throughout the whole film. There's very touching moments where Wonka misses his mother and I think she inspired him to make the most wonderful chocolate as well and to do what he does today. Tom Davis and Olivia Coleman played their parts wonderfully as well as mean people who traps poor people that wanted to stay at their lodgings but are never to leave and work for them after not reading the small print when they sign to stay that they want to stay the night. Actually, there's a bit of similarity there in Candy K. Lane because Eddie Murphy's character, Chris, didn't read the small print either. On what what, he was always signing. read the small print, folks. Always read the small print. I've learned a lot, actually, from those two Christmas movies. So, as I said, I was beaming. I really enjoyed it. And do you know what I did when I came home after watching the film? Um, I you was... had some chocolate. I did have some chocolate. I received some nice, lovely chocolate from my agency for, at work that I work with and cracked open the chocolate and gave my family a piece Aww. of chocolate. There you go. Very warm film as well. I'm going to hand it over to you, Rob. So being from the makers of Paddington and it being about Wonka, it's a bit of a dead cert to fit that perfect Christmas family movie. I thought Chamolet made a really good Wonka. I thought it had a great, like you say, a great Brit comedy cast. I thought that the comedy duo of Bleacher and Mrs. Scrubbit, Olivia Coleman and Tom Davis, I thought they were the comedy act of the movie because you've got Mrs. Scrubbit who looks after the guest house and you've got her simpleton assistant, Bleacher, and I'm not going to go into the plot, but they end up romantically involved, should we say, which creates, I just think, some some fantastic scenes. The book-loving Noodle, played by Carla Lane, who really becomes Wonka's kind of friend and ally in the workhouse or laundry house, and they both plot their way to escape. And they're both really good, actually, those two as an on-screen presence, I think she's going to be a huge star. This film, I think it's best described as a comedy caper with the kind of chocolate fantastical bits sprinkled over. Because it is how Wonka became Wonka, it's not all obviously going to be about the factory and stuff. But when this really came to life for me personally is in the musical numbers. So it's not a musical film, but there are some musical numbers and Typically, they are scenes with Wonka and Noodle. And I actually think one of the best parts of this movie is when they both head to London Zoo. They've got to get some giraffe's milk. I won't bother saying anything more about yeah, it. But it, it's just beautiful. The way in which London Zoo is put mm. together, there's this amazing scene where they're running over these glass-topped roofs, flying on these balloons, and... That I thought those scenes were delightful. Also, you've got Wonka with this awesome traveling confectionery suitcase that when he opens all these little bits and bobs kind of click into place. And that's his way of creating chocolates on the spot. There's a fanta- another fantastic scene with Noodle 
where Noodle gives her kind of backstory and Wonka basically talks about his chocolates and what, you know, why he makes chocolates. And we see him make this incredible little beautiful chocolate, which is like this cloud with a bolt of lightning on those scenes. So everything I thought with the chocolate bits and also there's the scene right at the beginning where Wonka wows the crowds in the gallery gourmet, which is where the other shopkeepers are, where people have one of his chocolates and they end up floating up in the sky. Uh, those are the bits that I love the most. The, the comedy caper stuff I did enjoy, but it was those bits that I loved the most. We've obviously got to give a nod to Hugh Grant, who plays Lofty, the Oompa Loompa. Obviously, he's included in the trailer uh, he looks fantastic as this tiny little big-headed orange Oompa Loompa. Uh, he actually doesn't come into the film till relatively late on, and I was kind of waiting for that. I love the fact that the way, you know, he's really clever and really conniving. He's almost like this kind of super spy that, that sneaks into Wonka's room and steals stuff, and he's always one step ahead of everyone else, and you're never really quite sure, is he a goodie, is he a baddie? He's just a great little character. I, I really like that. Matt Lucas, Matthew Bainson, Rowan Atkinson as the crooked priest you've mentioned. It's a kind of a who's who, isn't it? A British comedy. Yeah. And I, I liked it. As I say, I, I would have preferred to have seen more of the chocolate Wonka wonderment type stuff. And I actually felt when it turned into the musical pieces, even the very first musical number right at the very beginning when Wonka arrives off the ship, I found it had so much energy during those pieces that I would have liked there to be more of that. Yeah, lots of great choreography, definitely, yeah, in, the, in yeah. the film. I think Timothy Chamelay was fantastic Wonka. He, he looked so genuine and his smiles and when he was when he had his shop that was open, he looked genuinely delighted he had this shop. He may not have been acting in that part. He might be like, wow, I'm on, I am Wonka. How cool is that? And such a great set that has been created wrapped around that. And he wasn't weird at all. Whereas Johnny Depp's Wonka, he was a little bit weird, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, you're right. You're so right. I really hope, I haven't seen on what's coming next for Timothy Chamelet. I hope there is another one. There has to be another one, surely. Because the Gene Wilder one is, is 1971. It's a very old one, but I don't think they can remake it. They'll have to make some twists and turns. But I love the fact that Roald Dahl books and movies, they're always they're educational. They've got science involved with them. They've, it's importance of reading as well. That played a part in this film. And I think it was great to include that as well. I just loved it. It's one of those things, it's almost like, do we, I kind of thought, do we really need a pre-Willy Wonka, a young Wonka story? Is Chamelay really going to fit the mould? But you're absolutely right. He does. It's quite It's quite astonishing how naturally he plays that character. And as I say, yeah, I think you're right. I I was watching it thinking, is are they kind of setting this up for a second? Do I want a second? But from the best bits of the film, I'm, I would probably say yes. I, I think it's mm. probably worthy of another film. And it wouldn't surprise me if they bring this out at a similar kind of time of year, right? I mean, it's done so yeah. well this time around, people know what they're going to get. You just throw more fantastic comedy actors at this and it will also have that kudos because yeah. big stars, decent actors are probably going to want to be part of something like this. Exactly, exactly. They will do, a bit like Paddington was. Yeah. And that's Hugh Grant was pulled into that one. Yeah. And Hugh Grant was perfect as Oompa Loompa in this. He really was. He was the perfect Oompa Loompa. And he, he does, he has that cheekiness, a bit like in Dungeons and Dragons, 
he's a cheeky character in that and it's great to see that he's he's playing a lot more sort of cheeky characters sort of rocks up and he's like oh we know what we're gonna have here but he has done some serious tv dramas as well that i saw last year yeah, this particular part of his career, it's incredible. It seems like he's found his feet. He loves to play, like you say, these farcical type characters, but they can also throw in the serious stuff. Yeah. It's incredible. It's increased, got has almost like such a renaissance in the last yeah. four or five years. Yeah. And you can just see him going on and on and on and kind of entertaining crowds. Yeah, exactly. So what are you going to give it then? I'm going to give it eight out of ten. Yeah, that's, which, uh, you know, I mean, it's a good score. It's a good score. It is a good score. I mean, they've made quite a lot of money off the back of the first week opening weekend. I mean, it cost thirty nine million to make. Uh, released on seventeenth of December, and it's already made opening weekend one hundred and fifty one million dollars from this. So you know they're doing well from just being open for a short period of time. I think Timothy Chalamet, he's just shining star at the moment. He's doing so much good stuff. He's playing Bob Dylan soon. Got June two coming out as well, and uh, he's just a joy to watch him grow. Actually, as an actor as well, and he, he just just seems so genuine. I think great ensemble, great singing. I would love to. I just quite happy just pick it up and watch it again. Actually, I watched it with my my eldest. My youngest didn't want to go and watch it because he was a bit tired. But hopefully, we can go and see it again. I would be quite happy to take him again. I'm going to give it ten out of ten. I loved it. Woo! Wow, what a way to finish the year. 10 I know, out of 10. Exactly. That's fantastic. Yeah, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. I thought it was it was just felt genuine and it was funny. And I love seeing the policeman get so big and fat because he was being bribed by chocolate by chocolate and you get this crate of chocolate and land on his police car because he was so twisted as a as a policeman. Very, very funny. Well, I mean, I don't know how many tens you've given this year, but this leads us on to yeah. Well, we decided that we would look back at all of the movies we've reviewed in 2023 Mm -hmm. and give our top three. Before we do that, I'm going to quickly run through all of the movies. Oh, wow, there's a lot. (laughs) I will. uh, Well, here we go. So we've seen. So we've got newbies and oldies in here. The Pale Blue Eye, Misery, Fablemans, Pride, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, Jerry Maguire, 65. Got all about 65. Rise of the Planet of the Apes, Dungeons and Dragons, Lawless, Reinfeld, Lord of the Ring, The Fellowship of the Ring, Ghosted, The Matrix, Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret, Rocket Man, Spider Man Across the Spider Verse, Young Guns, Indiana Jones, The Dial of Destiny, Hurt Lock, A Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part One, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Gran Turismo, The Goonies, The Dive, Braveheart, Past Lives, In Bruges, The Creator, Alita Battle Angel, Killers of the Flower Moon, Shutter Island, The Killer, Field of Dreams, Napoleon, Karate Kid, and of course, Wonka. Right. I think we go in reverse order. We start with our number three film and just briefly why you gave it a number three. So you go first. Okay, um, it's a toss-up actually between two, and I'm going to go for a newer film. I'm not going to go for Wonka out of any of these three because it's too recent, and I want oh, okay. to digest it a little bit. Uh, but uh-huh. I did love, I did love Wonka. Um, so for me, it's between Dungeons and Dragons or Past Lives. Very different films. One's a family comedy with Hugh Grant in it as well, and lots of many other great actors. And then there's also a romantic drama comedy. I'm going to give number three for me to past lives i think it's just got a lot of charm it's a mix of korean is it korean i think it was korean wasn't it yeah korean Korean and american and i just love the charm and i was just immediately engaged and i think it's got a lot going for it so i'd like to see that one i'd love to see that one at the oscars to be honest past lives for me 
Ah, so number three, past life student. So number three for me is the creator. Ah, right. Okay. But I mean, I had a few that nearly crept in at number three. I had Dungeons and Dragons, Jeremy Maguire, even Who Framed Roger Rabbit, nearly crept in at three. But number three for me is the creator, Gareth Edwards. I just thought as a blockbuster spectacle dealing with AI and nailing the whole believability of humans with androids effectively just worked. And I, I thought it was intriguing, interesting, but and also just a really good sci-fi blockbuster. So that is my number three. Your number yes. two then? Again, I've got two that I toyed with. They're both oldies. One is Lawless with Tom Hardy and Shia LaBeouf about their moonshining days and how they got into a lot of strife. There's some dark moments in that film, but uh, very, very good acting. And the other one is Braveheart, which is Mel Gibson as William Wallace. But it's quite long. That's the only thing with Braveheart. So I'm going to go for Lawless, actually. I thought it was was great acting, a bit deep and dark in places, but loved it. Wow. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So my number two is the same as your number three. Is it three. Lawless? No, it's not oh, Lawless. I was my number three. I was past lives. I've oh, gone for, I, yeah, I've gone for past lives. Aww. I put past lives in my number two. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was, well, everything you said, really. Celine Song, great director, just had a real tenderness to it. It was classy. Mm. It was well acted. The, the subject matter and all the nuances of that lifelong friendship and the complications with it and the and it's all you know one of those films is there's almost as much about what wasn't said as what was said and yeah I thought Greta Lee and T.A.U. played the two leads fantastic so yeah I haven't double checked because Golden Globes nominees came out only very recently but I do know Past Lives is up for quite a few awards which is not surprising because we thought at the time it's got to be and it and it is so um yeah Cool. Yeah, past lives is my number two. So come on, then. Come on. Drum roll. You can't do drum rolls with these mics. Oh, no. Yeah, not sensitive enough. That sounds like a pigeon. Yeah, I know. Sorry. I don't know how how do you do how do you voice a drum roll? I don't know how you do it. No, I don't know. Anyway, uh, number one is Jerry Maguire. Oh, you yeah, I was so Jerry Maguire is my ultimate favorite. Yeah, one of my ultimate favorites. It's Tom Cruise, Rennie Zellweger, Cuba Gooding Jr., where Tom Cruise is a sports agent and Rennie Zellweger gives up her career to be with Tom Cruise's role. I can't remember his name name of the characters, I just call by the real actors yeah that's right um gives up her job to be with them and and support cuba gooding jr's character as an american footballer and how they make it big so yeah favorite is that one it's got all sorts of emotions it's funny it's sad it's it's a family good family film well older family film i think older family yeah absolutely it's a good one it's a good one as i say that did jerry my was was didn't quite make the number three spot but i was tempted so i totally get why you i mean i've gone for my number one was lord of the rings the fellowship of the ring Ah, Um, okay yeah i mean i just remember when i watched it uh, and and i I think i think sometimes with these choices when you watched it, the mood you were in, I don't know, I guess there's all that subconsciously might all play a part, but I just got totally swept up in it all over again. Mm-hmm. I think given how old the film is now and how well it dates, and it's just iconic, it's like how many films have we seen try and do the same thing, or you watch films and, oh, you can spot the bits of Lord of the Rings that have been mm-hmm. there. 
and it was groundbreaking and it won Oscars. It was how do you actually take a story like that and make it so believable that at no point does it seem daft and silly and nail the effects and the, all the crazy characters just kind of works. So anyway, yeah, for me, it's uh, Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring. Uh, so there fantastic. you go. Okay, so we are going to choose the newbie. So this is a film that is out in cinemas very soon. Um, but it might also land on Netflix during the Christmas holidays. And that is Maestro. This is the film directed and starring Bradley Cooper. The love story chronicles the lifelong relationship of conductor-composer Leonard Bernstein and actress Felicia Montalegra Cohen Bernstein. It's nominated for Golden Globes, and no doubt will probably be nominated for, for some of the Oscars. It's a big, bold film with Bradley Cooper. So we thought of all the movies that are coming out, especially as it might well be available on Netflix as well, we thought this would be a good one to watch. Cool, cool. Looking forward to that. And then you're choosing from my list. I am. Okay, so... So far, we've chosen adventure, drama, comedy, sci-fi, thriller, horror, fantasy, guilty pleasure. I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with romance. Romance. Gotcha. Looking for okay. a little romance. Giving life the chance. <laughs> I've got you know, 12. for some light, some light relief to go you've along. Had quite a lot, yeah, you've had quite a lot of my uh, romances, actually. Oh, uh, Twelve. Twelve. I will go with straight down the middle, number six, please. Number six is About Time, Ooh. with directed and written by Richard Curtis, starring Rachel McAdams, Domhnall Gleeson and Bill Nye. Well, I've seen bits and bobs of this. Again, I'm not sure I've actually kind of watched this, watched this properly. So. Yeah. So what us yeah, so we've got at the age of twenty one, Tim discovers he can travel in time and change what happens and has happened in his own life. His decision to make his world a better place by getting a girlfriend turns out not to be as easy as you might think. And Richard Curtis, so Bill Nye, Rachel McAdams, Donald Gleason, surely we can't go wrong, right? Do we know where we might be able to watch this one? You can, yeah, you can rent buy at the moment off most of the on-demand platforms, so Apple TV, Rakuten, Sky Store, etc. But take a look; it might be free streaming somewhere over the Christmas period. Good stuff, yeah. right? Well, there you go. that wraps it for for the Christmas edition, and we wish everybody. A very, very happy Christmas, wherever you're spending your time, friends, family. I uh, hope you get a nice break and, yeah, that everyone gets the time they deserve because it's been, just seems to be lots of tough stuff in the news and it just in general, I think everyone needs a bit, yeah. of a bit of a breather, don't they? Yeah, they do. And I have to say, this is our 89th episode and I've had a lovely year reviewing films. So thank you very much, Rob. And I wish everybody, all our listeners, a, a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We're counting down. We're counting down to the century. We'll get there some in 2024. But no, I'm the same. I love doing this. So sorry, everyone. We're not stopping. We're going to carry on. <laughs> Wittering on. Wittering about, on. Uh, can't be. That's can't lives be and waffle. movies. Yeah. There we go. Exactly. <laughs> and we're going to take a photo in a minute, aren't we? We are. The traditional Christmas, Christmas photo. There we yeah. go. All right. There you go. All right, everyone, have a fantastic Christmas and Happy New Year, and we will see you in 2024. Bye. Bye. Bye.